Welcome to May I Interrupt, an eye care roundtable discussion show sponsored by Oculus. Each show we explore questions in the world of eye care and other topics of interest with leading experts in the industry. We do this in an irreverent but hopefully funny manner. I'm Craig Norman and I'm joined by my pal, the most interesting, best lecturer and ultimate contact lens designer in the world and yet to be a winner on this show, Dr. Jason Jedlicka from the Indiana University School of Optometry. Thanks, Hi, Craig. Jason. I don't I don't have the bell to give you points, but if I did, I'd have been belling you the whole time. Ding, okay. Ding, 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 ding. There <laughs> right there, I'm on the board. Appreciate it. We'll give you points this time. You might actually beat me at the rate I usually do. Uh, that's that's not hard to do. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jason, you ready for our guest this week? Absolutely. Okay, me Absolutely. too. Me too. That uh, we've been looking forward to this one in particular because we do have some history with both of our guests, mm -hmm. and it should be a lot of fun. I'd like to begin by uh, introducing Jamie Kuzniar from um, Birmingham, Michigan. She received her doctorate of optometry degree from Michigan College of Optometry at Ferris State. Uh, while there, she received a lot of training in specialty contact lenses and the treatment and management of ocular diseases. Uh, she was awarded the GPLI Clinical Excellence in the Field of GP Award. Way to go, Jamie. After okay. optometry school, she completed a corneal disease and contact lens residency at Indiana University under the tutelage of Dr. Jason Jedlicka and others, thankfully. She is also <laughs> a fellow of the American Academy of Optometry and an active member of the American Optometric Association. Her practice is called Birmingham Vision Care Group Practice in the aforementioned Birmingham, Michigan. Hi, Jamie. Hi. Everything going okay today? It's a great day. It's a great weather in Michigan, and I'm uh, finally opening up, so Excellent. it's great. Excellent. Uh, her counterpart today and long-term friend is Dr. Trevor, Trevor Faso. Sorry, Trevor, that word is so hard. The Director of Contact Lens Services, <laughs> my tongue's not working, Director of Contact Lens Services at Pinecone Vision Center uh, in Minnesota, specializing in a variety of contact lenses, uh, in particular bifocal, multifocal, corneal reshaping, and lenses for irregular corneas such as sclerals. He also is a graduate of the Michigan College of Optometry and then went on to complete a residency program uh, sponsored through the Illinois College of Optometry at Davis and Dewar in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, with an emphasis on both uh, anterior segment disease and contact lens management. Uh, Trevor's an active member of the American Optometric Association and the Minnesota Optometric Association, as well as a fellow in the Academy of Optometry and, like me, a great Vikings fan. Woo! Don't leave me out. I even wore my twin shirt today specifically for Trevor. Okay. You know, we don't have baseball yet. But... Jay Jason is always looking for a little recognition. I'm uh, always Jason, trying nice to shirt. the angles right. Nice shirt. Nice shirt. Thank you. Thank All right, you. I disappeared for a second. You're still disappeared. Okay. Uh, what's he pulling out? His skullet? Okay. As I, no. try to, as I try to get these eagles to fly in formation on our show today, Good I'd like to begin by discussing our format. I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, if you provide interesting insight to those questions, you'll receive points. And each time that you receive a point, you're going to hear a bell. We will uh, go ahead and tally up those throughout today's show. Other than that, there are no rules, except as the name of the show intimates that you can interrupt whenever you want. Of course, 
I'll decide if whether or not we'll accept that interruption, uh, but we'll see. I generally do not turn them down. Well, let's get started. Uh, let me start here, if I can, with Jamie. Uh, you and Trevor both uh, joined an established and successful practice as the new, or let's call it the junior OD at the time. In particular, related especially contact lenses, how did you develop and make your practice grow and thrive? So I think the most important thing was looking at the already successful patient base that I had. Uh, what a lot of young doctors don't realize is they, they think they need to start outside to start marketing themselves, but there's a ton of patients that need your help already inside. So when I started, we educated the staff about, you know, my quieter, too loud. No, I want to give you bells. I want to do Oh, oh, a bell, a bell. So we just made sure the staff knew what I was bringing in. Um, all the other doctors were on board uh, that could refer within the practice to each other. And then what we actually did was we data mined our patients that had either dropped out of contact, um, had tried gas perms in the past, hybrid lenses that dropped out and failed, and called all of them individually to tell them about the new services that we were offering. So we had a ton of people coming in uh, right away within the first few months that I started. Uh, so that was huge, just getting the word out that I was there. Um, the other thing I did after that was market myself to a local ophthalmologist in the area too, because they're not going to magically know that you exist and that you're in the area. So I just went, I called and went to lunches. I went to dinners with doctors just to tell them about, you know, who I was and to ask for referrals to co-manage. And I got really, uh, a really warm welcome to Detroit. Uh, so that was really how I got a kickstart with everything there. That's great. That's great. How about you, Trevor? Did you do anything different? And let me say first, pinecone. Mm -hmm. Vision Center. Of course, yep. as a Minnesota guy, I get it. Right? I didn't realize there's a community name there. Uh, so there's, I mean, it's like Pinecone Road. There's all sorts of Pinecone stuff in this area. I don't really know where it comes from either, but I like it. It, it was catchy. Uh, I still think it's weird how they spell it with a capital P and a capital C, but it's one word. That's what gets me. So, yeah. okay, but, maybe, maybe when you're the senior partner, you can change that. Yeah, there maybe, probably not. But is Nick from Wisconsin not. or something? Is that what it is? Huh? Is Nick from Wisconsin or something? No, he's from uh, like Washington D.C. area. Oh, okay. Uh, so, okay. We can't. Yeah, I mean, they, what were your experiences when you rolled into town? Yeah. And announced, I'm Trevor. I'm here. Let's go. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mine was a, a little different. Uh, so they actually, um, you know, ours is a pretty large group practice. There are now five doctors here and we all specialize in different areas. And they, um, the two owners have worked hard to build these specialties. And so they had a contact lens person who then left. And so they had a void that needed to be filled. Um, and so they came looking for me, which makes oh. me feel good about myself. <laughs> Um, and so it just worked out really well being from the area originally. My wife and I wanted to move back here. So we came back and then, uh, so there was, you know, they had a, a backlog of patients already waiting, uh, for me for orthokeratology, scleral lenses, um, multifocals, different things like that. But the way that I kind of started building my own practice, uh, kind of more in there is, um, 
I focused a little bit more, you know, I found it a little overwhelming to try and promote all of those different things in one shot. So I kind of really focused on one at a time um, and have slowly been building them up each, you know, I maybe spent the first six months more focused on multifocals and what I could do with multifocal patients. And then that's kind of continued to roll. And then I've built more into the sclerals and uh, the uh, irregular corneas and then building more into the ortho K. And now we're building more into a myopia management program. So rather than trying to hit all of them at once, because for me, that was a little more overwhelming. I kind of took it in stages and have been building it based on, you know, we have a huge population that can benefit from multifocals. I mean, we're central Minnesota. We got, you know, a bunch of people in their 40s and 50s, you know, who want to be out on the lake in the summer and don't want to wear their glasses uh, or, you know, who are out skiing in the winter and can't wear their glasses. So multifocals are were a great spot for me to start. Um, and then I've built from there. And then similar to Jamie, um, I didn't go out and meet with ophthalmologists because there aren't that many in St. Cloud and there's no cornea specialists up here. Um, they're all down in the cities. Uh, and so what we did, myself and the pediatric doctor in our office, we went around and actually met with all the different optometry practices. And we actually started with the big box stores. So uh, Walmart, Target, uh, Lens Crafters, all those different doctors, because we do so much disease management and a lot of them don't necessarily have access to a lot of that testing. And so we just said, hey, we've got all this different testing. Here's what we can offer. And we set up uh, really good referral programs with them. So that's where I've actually gotten most of uh, my referrals is from a lot of those uh, other providers and areas where they just, they don't necessarily have the time or the desire to do some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I get, you know, multifocals, ortho K and a lot of, a lot of keratoconus patients from them actually um, kind of that way. So. Okay. That's Can great. I interrupt and add to that too? Sure. So <laughs> I, the thing I'd like the audience is please, 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 please make OD referrals. Please. I went to at least 20 to 30 commercial places. I got zero referrals. I went to half of that of ophthalmology, and they welcomed me with open arms. Please look to our colleagues and refer to OD to OD referrals. We really need to be helping each other. So I'm happy Trevor yeah. had success for myself. I didn't really have success, but, you know, there's always next year I can go back out again. But that's all I would ask of the audience listening. Right. So, Jason, yeah. with a different light, I, I know that you can't remember when you were a junior member of anything. Uh, but, you well, know, maybe oh, when yeah. you were the senior person in your practice, uh, in the Minneapolis area before you moved to Bloomington, Indiana. What, what did you look for when you hired a uh, new optometrist to join the practice? If you were looking at Trevor and Jamie, what would you be interested in? Well, at least in Jamie, what would you be interested in? <laughs> right on. Um, you know, I would, I would look for somebody who had um, a motivation to make their own mark that um that that they they speak with confidence when we would sit down and have discussions that they have a, a plan and that their plan's realistic i mean i think a lot of people come out and they have these great grandiose ideas of how they're going to build this practice in no time and a lot of times that's just not realistic so um you have to have a realistic expectation that it's hard work and it takes time I mean, you're going to stick with it when it doesn't build quite as quickly as you think. Uh, the other, the other thing I loved, and and of course, Jamie and and Trevor are are right on about this is um, what I try to tell the students who leave our program who want to do this is, 
every practice you go into already has a specialty lens base right in the practice you're in. Uh, like Trevor said, the multifocals. Every practice has potential multifocal wares. Every patient has kids. So there's myopia control right there. You don't have to go beat the pavement looking for every cone patient out there to become a specialty lens fitter. Um, you can just start with the practice you're in and build it. But I also agree with Jamie too that um, inter-referring among optometry, um, subspecializing, um, not being so distraught over managing only part of a patient's care um, as opposed to feeling like you have to own every patient you see entirely um, is one of the high points. We do a lot of co-management, of course, in our school clinic. And one question we always ask our specialty patients that we co-manage is, who are you seeing for your primary eye care? Who can mm -hmm. I send a letter to? When was the last time they dilated you? When was the last time you had your pressure checked? These sort of things. Because if they're not getting it somewhere, then we want to step up. But if they're already getting it somewhere, then I want to make sure I don't intrude on that relationship. Excellent. Jason, quick question. When you were going to hire somebody to join you, did you ever take into consideration that possibly this would be the person that supersedes me? And I will take over the practice? That. Yeah. Well, that's not that hard for one thing, but, you know, I would always hope that whoever would come along would, I mean, because if they're starting out at ground one or ground level with hopefully my help and the opportunities that, that they have, um, I mean, for me personally, and I don't mean to complain or whine, but I didn't have a lot of help getting started. So it took me 10 years of practice to get to the point where I had even a remote specialty lens practice developed. Um, so coming in, yeah, I would hope that anybody who I would work with as an associate would have a, a head start in that regard. And I would love that to happen. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So before we move on, let's just do a quick recap here of our first round and quite a lively first round, I should say. Jason, do I, do you want to know the next words? Yes, of course. I'm. I feel like I'm doing really well, Craig. Well, well you oh, are. My bubble. So. Yeah, you have three points. That's great. I'm. It so is. Pleased. That's that's pretty good. Pretty good. I was gonna guess two. So. If this was a par three, it would be par. You I'd would be, be par. shooting par. We have to remember that I got a point at the very beginning for wearing my shirt. So. Yeah, yeah you did, and you still have three. Yeah. <laughs> good. I'm happy. Trevor, you're not much better there, smart guy. <laughs> I know. Uh, you have four. All right. And Jamie is starting to walk away with this with six. Yeah. Oh. So we will see that is just the first round in the first round only. And we'll just see what happens in the next round. It's usually where the decisions are being made. And so we're going to go ahead and build upon this whole idea of the new practitioner. And we started to talk about it a little bit already, about building that specialty lens component of it. Uh, but now that you have been in practice for a little while, do you think that people are beginning to view you as a specialty contact lens fitter? That you've been able to rise to that level? And to get there, was this harder or not as hard as you might have thought? Trevor, we'll start with you, but this time try to stay within your time limitation, okay? I apologize. Uh, can I also say you're looking quite sparkling today? Oh. 
Wow. Stealing my thunder. Come on, that's like my inward. You've got to catch up somehow, I mean. Um, but yeah, I would say especially with the uh, doctors that we've reached out to, so not just in the St. Cloud, because that's where Sartell is, is. It's right adjacent to St. Cloud if no one uh, knows where that is. We've reached out to other doctors, um, you know, up to Brainerd, Alexandria, so places that are about an hour away, but they're further from the Twin Cities, because otherwise, um, you know, similar to, you know, the other main place that people go to is Jason's old practice in the cities. And so now I'm, you know, happen to be a step closer um, for some of these people. Um, and uh, so we've been getting, you know, more and more referrals. And a lot of those are coming from, you know, people who they've been like, oh, we found out you were here and we've sent you one person. Now they've come back and we're like, yep, they're actually doing really good. And so now they're like, this is looking good. Um, and we've, you know, formed this good kind of relationship with them. And a huge part of that relationship like Jamie was saying, is referring, but don't keep the patient. Um, you know, I just see them for their contact stuff, and then I send them back for everything else. Um, occasionally, we, especially more at some of the, the big box stores, um, they'll say, just take them and hold on to them, because we don't necessarily, you know, especially if it's a keratoconus patient, they're like, we don't want to deal with that. And I'm like, that's fine with me. Um, but a lot of them, you know, I take them, see them what I need to see them for, and then have them follow up with everyone else. But um, and, you know, now I'm getting, you know, people, you know, I've got other friends who are enter entering the industry and they're looking at kind of adding, uh, you know, especially lenses around Minnesota, um, you know, doing a little bit more um, either at some of the larger practices. Um, and so that's made them, uh, you know, they've reached out to me a little bit more. Um, I've also been involved in the Minnesota Contact Lens Society here, which is kind of a unique thing that Minnesota has, um, you know, with all these uh, fitters from back in the good old days, just like Craig. Um, so they're still, you know, running strong. And so I've gotten involved with that. Um, and through there, I've made a lot more connections and people have been reaching out to me more um, to kind of ask my questions or ask me questions and kind of opinions on, on what okay. they should do in some of these cases. Okay. Did he lose a point for that? Did he lose a point for that, Craig? For which part? For the going over about again? You being one of the old guys? No, no, it's it's a fact. Oh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a fact. I thought and maybe that would that would take away the point he got for complimenting you before, but I guess you're feeling generous with Trevor. He needs a lot of help today. Yeah. Well, you know, in particular, that I got involved with the Contact Lens Museum, so I'd have a place to go next. True. Yeah. Right. You know, from right out of everything else, right into like a mannequin. Yeah, we'll just mummify you and stand you up. Exactly. Right in well, I prefer wax. I like ah, the wax. Gotcha. So, hey, Jamie, what about you? So, you know, at first joining a practice that was super successful with pediatrics, vision therapy, soft contact, the thing that I was wondering was, am I going to be able to practice with you know, the fullest scope I want as far as sclerals and the crazy train wrecks that I saw in residency in school. I was pleasantly surprised that I feel like my first two years there, I saw more complicated cases than when I was a resident. And the reason why is because the area I was in had, you know, some people fitting sclerals, but not a lot. So I had a bunch of people waiting 10 years sure. and every other doctor didn't know what to do. So these train wrecks just kept showing up at my door I had no idea what sclerals were, no idea what their options were. Um, coming from a place where everybody already was in a lens, and you just change it, so now you're the you're the expert of the area, and everyone's sending you uh, people they don't want to deal with. So that made me happy. Uh, I was happy I could manage it. It was a little scary at first, not having Jason to you know walk down the hall to and say what's going on. But 
But yeah, I, I was really happy about that. Um, definitely some challenges that you don't learn as a student is a lot with the business and uh, billing and coding. Yeah. And I'm not mm -hmm. talking about what codes to bill. I'm talking about when insurance tells you there is coverage and then two months later they deny it and then you have to ask the patient for money. That yeah. was the hardest part of my first year um, was collections, uh, people breaking lenses, losing lenses, not coming to follow-ups. I didn't really think of that side of it when I was a student. I was just trying to learn how to do, you know, the fitting, do the lenses, how to take care of the patient. Then you also need to realize how not to lose money for your clinic, how not to get your patient stuck in a financial dilemma. Uh, that's something that looking back now, I know what to do. But when I first started out and I was the only person, you know, the expert doing this specialty billing as a, as a new grad, it was very difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and I think especially it's difficult when you have to interact with the patients regarding that rather than mm -hmm. sending to the billing expert in the practice. And you start to get involved in areas you don't really want to be in the discussion of. You just want to fix their eyes. Right. Right. I feel comfortable having those discussions now. But at first, you know, you used to say, oh, yeah, you're covered. No, no big deal. And then, you know, a few months later when they're not, that's that's the hard part that you have yeah. to, you know, have someone that you delegate to a, a really good manager that's trained uh, yeah. in billing, which okay, I definitely great. have now. Jason, yeah. You got anything to add to that? Uh, well, very little, of course. But uh, what I do have to add, I will say that a lot of times when you get a referral, um, it, you, you only get one chance to make a first impression. And so if you want another patient from that same practitioner, um, it's best to make sure that the patient's happy with their encounter with you. And that if they go back to the other practitioner because you're co-managing, that they speak highly of you mm -hmm. and that they're complimentary. So I would just say, it's it's there's a lot of customer service that goes into managing that referral um, you want to make sure that you take a moment and and express to the patient how appreciative that you are and how fortunate they are that the doctor referred them to you for this care that their doctor really must know what they're doing because they're sending you on for better care in this one part of your eyes and so you want that patient to go back to the referring doctor and say wow that place you sent me was great and by the way um, you know they really have a, a high impression of you. And then yeah. that doctor is going to say, well, I'm going to send a lot more people there. So that first impression, what the patient brings back to their referring doc. And then I think the other part of it is, as Trevor was kind of alluding to, there's a little bit of a snowball effect that happens. Um, you work really hard to build this specialty practice. And, and the first couple of years, it can be kind of slow building. And then you get to a certain stage, could be three, five, eight years, whatever. And it just seems to snowball. And it's like, I'm not even trying and the referrals are just pouring in now. So mm -hmm. the hard work pays off. It just takes time. It just yeah. takes effort and time and doing things right. And, and it'll build. So You know, one of the things that I always think about when having these discussions is that when I was still in clinical practice and in the multi-specialty group I was in, I'd hear from patients all the time with comments like, Craig, I heard that you were the greatest contact lens fitter in the area. I've heard that you are nationally known, that you are just phenomenal. And I would ask them, of course, where, where did you hear that? And they would say, well, from one of the other doctors in the practice. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, once your ego is built up big enough, and then they would just say, oh, I just heard it down the hall two minutes ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it always reminded me how that interaction among the practice, talking about whether it be pediatrics or whether it be ocular disease or whether it be whatever, planting the seed in the patient's mind already 
that who you're going to see next is fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really, really does uh, work quite well. So I think that that's so, so interesting um, that everybody's kind of on the same page there. But I'd like to wrap this up with, with just short answers, Trevor, that uh, in, in particular, would you have done anything different if you knew what you know today when you first joined the practice in Minnesota? Mm. Other than try to negotiate a better contract. <laughs> um, no, I probably wouldn't have done anything different at this point. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Okay, excellent, well, excellent. You get one. Well, Craig. Thank you. Nice, nice and short. The, the training is paying off. Hey, Jamie, Jamie, what do you think? You know, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at and how I got there. You know, even the little hurdles we had to go through, I learned from them. And, you know, you just don't make the same mistake twice. And I, I think I'm in a good spot. So I'm, I'm pretty happy I would do everything over again. Right. So uh, Trevor mentioned he's in a uh, five-person practice. But I, I believe you are also. Is that right, Jamie? Is there um, We have four. Four. Okay. Okay. Five. Five. Part-time. We have, a, we have, yeah, five. Okay. I have all That's female OD. Yeah. Yeah. Way, way to stay on top of that, Jamie. Good one. <laughs> well, yes, we have some part-time, you know what I mean. Yes, yeah. five. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jason, you want any comments here as we wrap up this section? Um, I'll say the one thing that I re would do differently, uh, looking back on it all, was I would more quickly have taken one staff person and made them my point person for all billing and coding and financials and just put one person and I don't want anybody even if your office has four different people that do billing I want only one of you ever working with these patients because they need a level of expertise and efficiency with this so I have somebody like that now at, at the clinic at the school I had somebody in my practice the last couple of years but for many years we didn't have one person who we could really train in the nuances of specialty billing and coding and I'd say you know if you have somebody in your practice that does that work with them to get them knowledgeable and if you have multiple billers and coders see if there's one person you can focus on for this sort of stuff he said you're on fire Five? Yeah. So we we have that. So that's yeah, why I didn't request I, I also had that from the beginning too. That. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> much smarter than me. They learn much faster. Well, they, they might have learned from you. Who knows? Maybe that's it. Maybe I that's didn't learn anything from years. Jason. Yeah. That's I only true. learned from Craig. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> Trevor, okay. you are you are killing me in brown nose points this game. Oh my god. Okay, we are now wrapping up this section. Interestingly enough, Jason, you got seven now. I'm doing Ooh. good. I'm pretty happy. And you're one behind the other two who are presently in a tie. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, and it's close enough that here's what I'm wondering. Who will win? Will it be Jamie? Will it be Trevor? Or is this the breakthrough event for Dr. Jason Jedlicka? Oof. <laughs> Highly unlikely, I'm sure. Yeah, as, as a betting man, I would agree with you. Hey, but highly, Craig, highly Craig, unlikely. Can I just say one thing? Okay, what? Uh, Jamie's looking great today. Oh, thanks. I can't give you points though, but. <laughs> no, no, you just gave up a point. I gave him one of yours. Oh, oh, oh okay. 
And now, and now Trevor's leading, just like that. Oh, great. Yeah, you can thank your mentor for that little move. That was crafty. Slam on yeah. you, Craig. Hey, if we could, guys, for just a second, you know, part of the, the show that we like to discuss are some of the phenomenal instrumentation that a company like Oculus has. And, you know, we feel that in the area of topography and tomography and soon coming axial link measurements in particular for, you know, the myopia management and so on, that they do some great things. Jamie, can you add to that at all? Yeah, so I'm lucky enough to, when I started, I had a keratograph. I definitely could not do what I do without Oculus and their support. And using using the keratograph that I have, it's been it's been my interior segment photo, uh, my camera. It's been my topographer for keratoconestations. It's been for us okay. It's been a kickstart for our dry eye clinic and imaging myomian glands. Like it's been such a huge a huge piece that we added a few years ago that's really helped us to grow a ton. So that's great. And Trevor. Yeah, so we have a uh, Oculus Pentacam. I was fortunate enough to get into a practice that has that, and I absolutely love it. Um, you know, I would love to be in an office that where we had both the Pentacam and the Keratograph. Um, who knows? Maybe someday we'll add that. But uh, I love it for you know, um, you know, I I love anterior segment disease. I love you know keratoconus. So I love being able to do that tomography component. Uh, and then we have the CSP uh, program on there to do the corneal scleral profiling. And I've been doing a lot more with that lately for my scleral lenses uh, and some different things like that. And I just uh, really, really enjoyed it. I mean, it really is a wonderful uh, piece of equipment to have in the office. So I super jealous. Great. I can't wait to have one. <laughs> what is great for, for both of you guys in your practice is that you, you went through school and, and further training looking at tools like topography and tomography as a right-hand tool that takes you through the day. And, and that really does help to make things better in the life of the patients uh, because of this extra bit of information. Uh, you know, versus when Jason started, you know, and he was using the topogometer from Joe Soper the, uh, as his first device. I had the and, little hand handheld thing with the rings and light, yeah. We had yeah. to reflect it on. A Burton lamp. That's what I used. Burton lamp. <laughs> Burton lamp. Well, that was your slit lamp. That was my made, slit. made by the Burton company. Yeah. Right. So, okay, that's excellent. All right, so we're going to end up today's session by talking in our entertainment section. In each uh, episode, we like to feature some things. Jason, I would have to say we're kind of getting a trend in a particular area, though. Because you're hosting, Craig. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> I know nothing about any of these topics. That uh, I see. I see. Okay. Which leads into that the discussion is beer. Now, I think it's fitting. I actually thought maybe Oculus would go out and get a German beer sponsor, sub-sponsor for this episode. That would have been a nice touch. Uh, but let's talk about it. <laughs> and, and Trevor, you're not at the office, I hope. You know, today's nope. off. Is, is that's the third beer I've seen you suck on uh, so far during this recording? Uh, which, by the way, is at seven o'clock in the morning for those of you who know. Right. Yeah. So to tell us a little bit. So that we live in a beer crazed world right now uh, with all the pubs. And I know when I talk to Jamie in a moment, I mean, Michigan is loaded with them at, at, to a bigger extent than many states. So tell me the story. 
what is it about beer today, Trevor, besides the one in your hand that you like? Uh, so what I like about beer, um, I like the variety of it. You know, there's so many different types of beer. Um, and I mean, there's, you know, you've got your lagers, your Kolsch's, your porters, your stouts, your IPAs. I'm a huge fan of IPAs, uh, so really hoppy stuff. And just within, you know, pale ales, there's, you know, like 15 different types of pale ales um, that all depend on how they're brewed, what type of yeast they use, what type of hops they're using. And um, so there's a huge variety of flavor um, that you can get, especially within IPAs, which is, that's what I like to drink mostly. Um, that's what I'm drinking right now. So, um, okay, yeah. so Trevor does... Is Sartell, I mean, Sartell is a suburb of St. Cloud, is that right? Uh, more or less, yeah. yeah. Which right. is a suburb of Pinecone, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. Just checking. So it's all central brew, Minnesota. Are there brew pubs in the community? There are. We have, um, I think, four breweries kind of in the area. But once you get to, like, the Twin Cities, there's a lot around the Twin Cities and a lot in Duluth uh, yeah. are, like, the two big main areas. Right. Um, and I'm a huge proponent of drinking local. So I like to drink a lot of Minnesota beers. Um, so I've got one of the breweries that's probably, like, 15 minutes away from our house is one of my favorites. It's called Third Street in Cold Spring. Uh, it's right next to a donut shop, which is the other reason yeah. I like it. Um, so... So it's, you can have it's a good. donut with your beer at 7 a.m. Yeah, well, they, they sometimes have, uh, they'll have like, you know, a caramel stout donut to go with your stout. So, I mean, they, they do kind of crossover things. Um, and then during my residency, I lived in Madison, which is another great beer town yeah. um, as well. So, You know, Trevor, interestingly enough, when I grew up in northern Minnesota, there actually was a beer called Cold Spring. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And as far as beers went, it was great to boil brats in. And that was a yeah. It's the same brewery. Oh, it is. Uh, they just have, they, yeah, it's the same. So there's still the Cold Spring Brewery that makes that beer, but they now have their microbrewery as part of it that's Third Street yeah. uh, and makes better beer. Yeah. Yeah. It was, what Cold Spring saying? was right next to White Label. Uh, Jamie, what about you? The, living in Michigan, of course, in the time that I spent there, the capital of breweries across the U.S., other than Oregon, Wisconsin, I won't go on and on. But, but at well, last count, 280 breweries in Michigan. There's a lot. And a lot yeah, only two are right. good. Oh, no. that's not true. Here we go. Here we go. So what I like about beers is that just like people do with wine – uh, we like to do, we like to have a lot of different kinds of beer on hand and do match pairings with our dinner. That makes us sound really bad. Uh, but especially during quarantine, I like to have different options because just like how you wouldn't drink a white wine with a steak, you know, you're not going to sit there and drink a heavy stout on a summer day. So we like to have a variety. Uh, we definitely like to support local just like uh, Trevor does too during the shutdown. We definitely supported a lot of local breweries uh, and got some curbside. Uh, it's, it's just fun to, to try new things. Uh, Trevor and I are pretty good friends. I'm sure a lot of people know that. Uh, we like to do beer exchanges at conferences. We like to throw different beers from our states in the, our luggage and uh, fly them to our conference together and trade them. Uh, so it's just, a, it's just a fun thing to do, a fun thing to experience. Yeah, that is great. That is great. I mean, it, I've never really 
you know, I'm like Jason, you know, that, that the beers are good, but I don't know anything about them. I remember looking at a sign in a brew pub one day that was outlining the different types of beers. And it was overwhelming. It was looking at an element chart. <laughs> so yeah. it felt like is the description of all the different types of beers, very few which I knew of. Mm -hmm. Jason, what about you? Are you a beer aficionado? I enjoy beer. Um, I'm not like Trevor. I'm not. I'm not an IPA guy. Um, little known fact, other than maybe Jamie and Trevor probably know this already, but I'm kind of allergic to hops, so it restricts my enjoyment of beer these days. So, um, but one thing that you guys were talking about, and I think it's totally interesting and spot on, is I've noticed in the last year or two. Um, my local grocery store, which in Indiana we sell liquor at our grocery stores, um, they have a section in the beer aisle where there's individual cans, and you mm -hmm. build your own 12 packs or six packs of whatever you want. Um, they're kind of like in the little soup dispensers almost. You just pull them out of the thing and stick them in your case. So I think definitely the, the trend towards variety, encouraging you to try different flavors and stuff. Um, which I think is great because um, there are so many different things you can do and, and you can make a beer a very complex flavor with lots of subtleties and I think it's getting more of appreciation like wine does or always has. Um, beer's kind of following that, which I think is great. Yeah. 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 And especially like, you know, the the type of season makes a huge difference for me. Like when it's cold, you know, a darker beer is better. But in the summer, like a nice hot day like today. An IPA or like a good lager. Um, Bell, after a long Bell's day Oberon. Bell's eh. Oberon. The, the beer of summer is Bell's Oberon. Oberon is overrated. It is so uh, good this year. So. I don't this think is the best. This is the best year in the last four, at least. It's so good this year. Yeah, it, it's overrated. Well, I, I would, I would, <laughs> I happen to like it. Also, summertime beer only until the first of August, though. Yeah, because yeah. they planted what? that marketing in my head that it's not any good after that. Well, yeah. they also only make it once a year. Now the shelf life is six months, so that's also they, why they make it once a year for Michigan. They distribute oh. it across the country the rest of the year. You got to have it fresh. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, excellent discussion. Jason, do you have anything to finish up on this part of the discussion? Um, no, I do. I will say that that one of the things I one of my things I miss about not living in Minnesota is probably surly beer. That's when it was one of my favorites, the the big tall cans and the variety okay. of flavors. You let me know which one you like, and I'll bring you a can at the next meeting. All right, you can give We're me. We're gonna have to start call. bringing a whole luggage of beers to show you the Hey, so Jason, tell me about this. So you have an allergy to hops. So what does that mean? After you have eight or ten beers, you don't feel very good the next day. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what's okay. This is really off track of this topic, but. I had a friend growing up who always used to claim he was allergic to beer, and I gave him such a hard time about it, being like, you just, you're lame, man. Well, so the last 10 years, if I have a beer that's very hoppy, I get about halfway through a beer, and I am stuffed to the hilt. So it's tough. So you got, luckily, again, nowadays, they make beers. They tell you a lot of the ingredients and the components. Mm -hmm. So I just stick to the stuff that's low in hops, and it's fine. But if I, if I grab an IPA, man, I get halfway through it, and I can't breathe. Wow, what a drag. Yep. What a sad life. <laughs> it is. Okay. So as we, as we move closer to wrapping up here, here's our final tally. It's not much unchanged since the last time. Jason, close, no cigar. I figured. 
You got within one. And I know if there was anybody that you would like to beat, it's these two. But I didn't even have it in my heart to throw in a couple of these extra ones if you didn't earn them. Well, it's all because Trevor stole the brown nosing points today. That's true. He did. He did. That's very true. I'd like to point out only people from Minnesota are good at brown nosing. Michigan, or like, Jamie didn't even try. Yeah. I'm yeah. just not a brown noser. It's just not yeah. me. Uh, Trevor, Trevor does enough of it for the rest of us. It's true. Uh, and we have a tie. I think it's only fitting between the two of you that it's tied. So knowing that you are close friends, there's no arguing, there's no fun, you know, making fun of each other. And, you know, the, the grand prize for winning this week, you'll have to split uh, as soon as we figure out exactly what the grand prize is. The Pentacam and an Oculus. Perfect. We'll get back to you. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll check with <laughs> Oculus and see if it's the uh, Pentacam or the Caridograph this week. Or did we give those all away, Jason, the last couple of times? I'm I not think sure we're giving away, story. yes. Unfortunately, you guys should have been on one show earlier. I think they're all gone. Ah, oh, dang it. Summer. Okay. Maybe next year. Uh, we'll maybe, uh, maybe since we're on the beer theme, Craig can send you guys some uh, beer amisu from his local... Uh, the local place in South Bend that makes the the, the dessert in a can. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a restaurant here, and they uh, actually they have a really interesting marketing technique <clears throat> that they package their desserts in, like, half cans, beer cans, mm -hmm. and they are unbelievable. Right, Jason? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah. Um, a former <laughs> so, resident who would visit there frequently would bring back the the tiramisu in a can which is called biramisu of course yeah. and uh, yeah so it's not a beer no, it's dessert it's in a, a beer can in a, beer, in a can. beer can yeah. that sounds awesome it's yeah. at the corn dance restaurant maybe i'll yeah. get a plug from corn dance now so i'll get free dessert <laughs> so maybe you can send us all some of that free dessert of that dessert craig i yeah. see excellent move jason try i feel like so jason and craig i feel like you two will appreciate this because Every other state I go to doesn't appreciate this, but mini donuts, I mean, being from Minnesota, you guys know what mini donuts are, right? State you can't find No, they don't. There's I one right for, by my house. I looked for four years. There were no mini donuts in Michigan. Come, I tried. Come visit me. No. They're, come visit me. It's a mile from my house. <laughs> okay. Stop interrupting me. So the this, name of the show. So this brewery has a mini donut beer. Oh, oh. Excellent. So wow. it's, it's okay, but it was just fun to try. Oh, I thought you were now brown, brown nosing the brewery also. <laughs> Maybe. So I have a, a friend of mine works for this brewery. So I see. Maybe you can send us all some of that beer. Yeah. Maybe. Start sending us dessert. Jason, I'll see what I can do. You're, you're just begging, Jason. Anything really. for free, man. I'm, I'm begging. <laughs> I like it. Jason, closing comments. Uh, no, other than um, I, you know, these two are just as as much rising stars in our profession as there are, and I think it was great having you guys on the show and sharing your wisdom. And I and I completely expect you both to obliterate anything I've done in this world uh, by the time you're my age. So keep it up. Is that, that's only like four years, right? Oh. <laughs> You got a long time to work on it, Trevor. Don't worry. I totally agree. You know that uh, I've known for a long time that there was something special about you two, and then I found out it was in eye care, 
and, and I think that really that uh, you have uh, great careers ahead of you. And, and I think, um, you know, that your MCO training is really the reason why it all happened. Uh, without that basis, you know, you oh, boy. really wouldn't have been <laughs> able to grasp those sophisticated techniques at IU and Davis Stewart and so on. You get it. Trevor Faso, Jamie Kuzniar, and the folks from Oculus, thank you so much for sponsoring uh, this episode of May I Interrupt. We uh, truly appreciate uh, having the opportunity to uh, do this. And uh, please look for these um, episodes on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. They're downloadable as an audio file. And they're also posted on the YouTube channel that is sponsored by Oculus. Thank you guys very much. Be safe. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Oculus.